Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Tonight we hear Jesus' answer to this difficult question. Judas has left the Last Supper to carry out his betrayal. The darkest night is soon approaching and Jesus knows that his disciples are going to face the greatest devastation of their lives. Things are going to change. So Jesus gets right to the point. No parables, no stories, no pithy sayings, just one simple, difficult commandment. One simple, straightforward commandment. Summarizing his deepest desire for his followers. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another another. And then right on the heels of the commandment, a promise, or maybe an incentive, or maybe a warning. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But do you notice what Jesus doesn't say in these final moments before his death? When death comes knocking, And the Son of God has just hours left to communicate the heart of his message to his disciples. He doesn't say to them, I want you more than anything to believe the right things. He doesn't say, maintain personal or doctrinal purity, please, disciples. He doesn't advise them on how to deal with sin management when people mess up. He doesn't say worship like this or attend a synagogue like that. He doesn't even say read the Torah, please, or pray every day, or preach the gospel to every living creature. He says love one another. That's it. The last wit, the last wish of a man about to be crucified. All of Christianity, all of his teaching, all of God's heart distilled down to its, to its essence so that maybe the disciples will pause long enough to actually hear it. Love one another. Do you hear it? It's sort of like our mission statement here at Prince of Peace, to live in love like Jesus It's easy enough for a child to understand and repeat, and yet we know that it's hard enough for the most mature disciple to live fully into. What's staggering about this commandment is how badly we've managed to screw it up over the last 2,000 years. When I look at my own life, it's not too hard to name why I keep falling and failing to obey Christ's last dying wish. Real love, radical love, requires vulnerability and the loosening of your heart. And most times, well, frankly, I'd rather not 
be too vulnerable, even though I pretend I put on a good show. Real love requires trust. And so often I want to be in control. Real love, real radical love, spills over margins and boundaries. And, well, if I'm honest, I feel safer and holier policing the borders of my heart. Real costly love takes time, effort, discipline, transformation. And yet Jesus did not say on that night, this is my, this is my suggestion. He said, this is my commandment. Meaning it's not a choice. It's not a matter of personal preference. It's a matter of obedience to the one we call Lord and Messiah. But what does it mean that Jesus commands us to love? We know that authentic love, real love, radical love can't be manipulated, simulated, or forced. Those of us who have kids understand this fully well, right? That commanding our children to love each other never works, does it? Does it, Brianna? The most we can do is insist that they behave as if they love one another. Share your toys. Say sorry and mean it when you say it. Don't hit. Use kinder words. But these actions often are performed with gritted teeth and rolling eyes. It's not the same as what Jesus is talking about. I'm sorry. I love you. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. <laughs> and let's be honest. Most of the time, we are no different than the kids. We're not. We just pretend better. Jesus doesn't say, act as if you love. He doesn't give the disciples or us the easy out of doing nice things with clenched hearts. Nothing feels as empty as a loving act performed robotically. Here, honey, I brought you flowers. Well, why? Because I have to. <laughs> no, because I, honey, here are some flowers. Why? Because I have to. I have to bring you flowers. Do you see the difference? Do you really think that so many people would have flocked to Jesus if they sensed his compassion was thin or forced or manipulated? Christ says, love as I have loved you, as in for real, as in the whole bona fide package, authentic feeling, deep engagement, generous action. But doesn't it sound impossible? Maybe it is. G.K. Chesterton once wrote that the Christian ideal, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. Imagine what would happen to us, to the church, to the world, if we took this commandment of Jesus' seriously. What could the world look like if we took his commandment to heart and cultivated radical love? We know how to make care packages for the homeless, to make meals for our friends in their time of need, or to send checks to our favorite charities. We're good at this. And these are good things. 
But do we know how to love as Jesus loved? To feel the depth of compassion that's gut-punching? To experience a hunger for justice so fierce and urgent that we actually rearrange our lives in order to pursue it? To empathize until your heart hurts, breaks for the world? To love not because you have to, but because you have to. But do we want to? Most of the time, to be honest, we don't. We want to be safe. We want to keep our circle small and manageable. We want to choose the people we love based on our own affinities and preferences, not on Jesus' radical commandment to love with an unleashed heart. Charity is easy, folks. But cultivating your heart, maturing into Christ, it's very difficult. Becoming vulnerable in authentic ways to the world's pain, those things are hard and costly. And yet this was his dying wish which means that we have a God who first and foremost wants every one of his children to feel loved, not shamed, not punished, not judged, not isolated, not excluded, but loved. And that's not nearly the end of it. Jesus follows this commandment with an exhilarating and a terrifying promise. By this, everyone will know. Meaning love is the hallmark of Christian witness. I'll say that again. Love is the hallmark of Christian witness. Our love for each other is how the world will know who we are and whose we are. Our love for each other is how the world will see, taste, touch, hear, find Jesus in a world with so many false teachers, so many false promises, so many empty promises, it's through our love that we will embody Jesus, make Jesus relatable, possible, and inviting to a suffering world crying out in pain. I can't speak for you, but this sort of makes me tremble. What Jesus seems to be saying is that if we fail to love one another, the world might not know what it needs to know about God. And in the terrible absence of that knowing, it will believe falsehoods that break God's heart. Things like the whole church being corrupted by religious nationalism. Things that, are, that there really is no transformative power in the resurrection, it's just a myth. Or that God is a mean, angry, vindictive parent determined only to shame and punish humanity for their sin that the universe is a cold, meaningless place ungoverned by love, that the church is only a flawed and hypocritical institution, not Christ's living, breathing, healing agent on earth. This is the power we hold in our freedom to love or not to love. Such are the stakes involved in how we choose to respond to his dying wish, hope, prayer, his commandment. This is the responsibility we bear, whether we want to or not. But here's our saving grace. Jesus doesn't leave us alone or helpless, hopeless. 
We are not directionless in the wilderness. He gives us a roadmap, a clear and beautiful pathway forward as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Follow my lead. Follow my example. Do what I do. Love as I love. Live as you have seen me live. Weep with those who weep. Laugh with those who laugh. Touch the untouchables. Feed the hungry. Welcome the child. Release the captive. Forgive the sinner. Confront the oppressor. Comfort the oppressed. Welcome the refugee into your homes and your hearts. Raise up women in Haiti's central plateau to dream Haitian dreams where they have a life filled with dignity and value and worth because they're human. Wash each other's feet. Hold each other close. Tell each other the truth and guide each other home. In other words, Jesus' commandment to us is not that we should wear ourselves out trying to conjure love from our own easily depleted hearts. Rather, it's that we are invited tonight and every night to abide in the holy place where all love originates. God invites us on this night to make our home in Jesus' love, the most abundant and radical love in existence. You see, our love is not our own. It's God's love. And God is our source. And that source is without limit, without end. There are no dry bones that will not walk again with God's radical love. This is resurrection hope. There are no feet that will not be washed by the Prince of Peace. That includes you and that includes me. So Jesus says again tonight, What I want more than anything is for you to abide in my love and to love one another as I have loved you for your own sake and for the sake of the world. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.